0: Oh, and welcome back to another episode of the Three Four Three Podcast. My name is John Pronich, and I am your host on today's episode. Dennis Crowley joins me now. Dennis is someone who is known for building multi-million-dollar tech companies, and he just started a fourth division soccer team. He's written about why he thought that starting a soccer club from scratch was a good idea, and he's also published all of the financial information that went along with starting this new club. Now, why the heck would he do any of that? Well, Dennis Crowley, the co-founder of Foursquare and numerous other ventures, is a builder, he's a doer, and he's also a believer. Dennis believes that if more teams are formed in the lower divisions, that communities across the country will improve, interest in the sport will increase, and eventually, glass ceilings will be broken. Do I agree with Dennis? I'm not sure. We already have hundreds of professional teams within our top four divisions. Add in NCAA, and that puts us in the thousands. Add in youth Soccer Clubs, and yeah, that's thousands more. So literally, millions of people are playing and watching soccer every single day in the United States. Could we serve our communities better? Of course. Could we use more teams in America? Sure. If we add more professional teams to our lower divisions, will that lead to the opening of our soccer pyramid? Maybe. There's only one way to find out, though. Try it. And Dennis is willing to try it. And he's willing to help other people try it, too. He is dedicated to being transparent throughout the process of building and growing Stockade FC. Transparency is something that he's gained an affinity for during his time in the tech world where they open source and share virtually everything. And the lack of transparency in American soccer is something that frustrates the hell out of Dennis Now he's got a cool story to tell. And if all goes to plan for him out in Kingston, things could get a lot cooler. So enjoy this episode of the three, four, three podcast with my guest, Dennis Crowley. Oh, And one more thing, 343 is getting ready to open registration for our winter player camp being held in Southern California. It's December 27th through the 29th. You can get all of the info on 343coaching.com. That's the number three, number four, the number three, coaching.com. Click on live services and then player camps and voila. All right, let's get to the fun stuff. Enjoy.
1: All right Dennis Crowley entrepreneur co founder of Foursquare and numerous other startups including a fourth division soccer club stockade f c and also brand new dad i'm totally uh, just, very excited <laughs> I'm totally just stealing all this too from your twitter headline but um no <laughs> welcome to the show
2: yeah, thanks for having me on the show. excited to be a part of it
1: and uh It has been a crazy 24 hours, and I think it's worth noting, but I don't want to spend very much time on the fact that we are recording this uh, less than a day after a very historic 2016 presidential election. A lot happening here in the United States and in the world, um, and I'm sure that there's a lot on your mind and, and of course, on your desk with all of your your, your business stuff that you have going on. so to me, it just it, it makes this time that we're going to spend together just even even more special, and I think to the listeners as well. So I think it was it was worth highlighting that that's when we are uh, we are recording this right now, um, and even without the hecticness, it's taken us a few weeks to kind of match our schedules up and 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 get on board with each other. I'm in California. We just talked about this uh, kind of off off record, but I'm in California. You're in the East Coast or on the East Coast. Where exactly are you at right now?
2: uh i am in well, i'm in new york city and more specifically i'm at four square headquarters and probably what is the um the worst of our conference rooms it's like a little phone booth that's set up because all the other f- the rooms were booked and then i was like oh my gosh i didn't book a room so now i'm sitting in this little closet but uh anyway it's still uh <laughs> fun, fun to be uh fun to be here and fun to be on the show so um but yeah i'm, I'm on the east coast i've been here forever I, I you know i grew up in boston i went to school in upstate New York near Syracuse um you know been in New York almost 20 years and then we started the club um up in Kingston, New York, which is about 2 hours north of uh, of the city.
1: Now we're definitely going to get into a lot of the details of Stockade and and some some of your other business ventures. But I guess I want to I want to start off with Stockade FC. A fourth division professional team. Uh, I'm sure the intentions and ideas there's there's many uh, behind starting it. But I'm curious, and I'll just ask this right off the bat: you're you're not out to prove that just anyone can start a team and build it and then get bought by or pay their way into the first division. Like you're really into like the competition aspect of of
2: Stockade FC, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm into. I'm, I'm into the competition aspects as much as I am the community aspects, as much as I am kind of the, the business behind it, right? And so I, um, you know, I, just over the last couple of years, I've become a fan of this idea that, you know, it's like the, the English model of, of soccer, right? You've got You've got all these, you know, all these clubs, a mix of amateur and pro, some of the clubs themselves might be a mix of amateur and pro, you know, you, you can't go any more than, you know, five or 10 miles in another direction, um, without, you know, without running into one of these, one of these clubs, uh, they all exist in different levels of the English pyramid. And, you know, I, I think it's just a, a fantastic, like really interesting system that's been around for, you know, over, over a hundred years. Right. Um. But, why, you know, I've just been curious why we don't have something like that in the U.S. And I understand the country's huge. Um, there are a bunch of lower level leagues that are scattered throughout. Like we're we're in the fourth division. I'm in a league called the NPSL. Um, there's a league next, you know, also in the same division called the PDS, uh, the PDL. Um, you know, and, and then there's, you know, I keep hearing about all these other leagues that like aren't recognized as being in this fourth division of the pyramid, but they're you know they're they're either there or they're below it or they're connected to it and you know it's like we have this whole underbelly of soccer culture in the U.S. Um, but the only thing that anyone seems to care about is MLS um, which I you know I think MLS is a is a fine product and I'm a fan of the NYCFC team that's here in New York but the country's huge and you know if we can have a, a country that has you know Two hundred or five hundred or a thousand lower level clubs to support, like that's there's something really interesting and fascinating there, and you know that's one of the reasons that we started Stockade Club is you know it's kind of selfishly, hey we spend a lot of time two hours outside the city, I don't feel like driving two hours back in the city to go catch an NYCFC match or a Red Bulls match, like you should be able to catch a high quality match up here. There's more than enough players there's more than enough interest, like, why doesn't someone just do it? And it turns out the answer was just no one had organized it. So I raised my hand and I said, well, I'll, I'll organize it. and We'll get a group of people together and we'll work and we'll try to build this. Um, and then the thinking was also, if we're going to build it, we can go through the trouble of building it. Like, let's write an instruction manual as we're doing it for how other people can do it. This is why we're doing it. This is what we're passionate about. This is what worked. This is what didn't. This is how much it costs. This is how long it took. Um, and, you know, we published that um, I published a blog post in the beginning of the season and I published a blog post at the end of the season and um, You know for the feedback I'm getting on it is fantastic And you know, I think people really enjoy the transparency and I, I want to continue to keep that up do a little bit of writing in the offseason Do a little bit of writing in the preseason do a big follow-up post at the end of next season and before we get like th-
1: knee deep in, in the soccer and the kind of the open sourcing that you're doing for like startup soccer and, and, and whatnot. I want to kind of backtrack and, and give everybody the history of, of Dennis. Like what was, what was little Dennis like? What was baby Dennis like? And, and kind of your first experiences with soccer and, and what it's, what it's been like, uh, having soccer as part of your life or if it's come and gone.
2: And yeah, I, I didn't, I never really played growing up. I, um, you know, my parents had me like in a, you know, a rec league for like seven-year-old, six years old. You know, I was on the green team. I have a trophy at home for being on the green team. You know, I taught, my dad will tell you that I, you know, I played right back and I just kind of sat there and picked the flowers out of the field, like the dandelions, the weeds. Uh, I, so anyway, I, I was never a skilled player. I didn't play in high school. I didn't play in college. Um, it wasn't until I was in the city, uh, a couple, a bunch of years, probably 2000. 2009 2010 that you know it was around the time that the us is in the world cup um that you know the algeria game and the landon donovan goal and you know all my buddies were all were all together watching the national team who followed the national team for a long time we're all watching that national team game and um you know one of my buddies gets together it's like we got to get a we got to get a team together we got to get our our guys playing together in new york and of course they, they all played in high school and college and post-college And, um, you know, I'm like, well, I've never played, but I'll I'll be on your team. And, uh, you know, the learning curve was incredibly steep. You know, I'm like trying to figure out how to be a position player, basically, like with these folks that have been playing for years, either together or other intramural leagues. Like I'd I'd never, you know, played competitively. You know, last time I played was probably when I was seven years old. But, um, you know, but I, you know, I, I fell in love with with playing right and you know it's like one of my favorite things to do every week it was like the perfect kind of juxtaposition between my day job where i was running and managing a group of people and i was always the boss to hey now i'm on the field and i'm i'm, I'm easily the worst player on the field if not the worst player in the league And this is great and i'm enjoying yeah. this um but you know like you know, as you get into stuff like that like you start you start playing more online fifa you start you know watching more games you start following more leagues you start talking about it more. You start, uh, you know, traveling to visit games, um, to, to see matches, and and then it was, you know, just just that that thing in the Hudson Valley of like, I want to watch a match up here. Why, you know, I can go play pickup, but I can't go watch a match. Like, let's let's just get together and, and go do this thing, um, which has been a lot of fun. But you know, back to your initial question, like my, you know, I, I've always um, I've always liked to you know make things, whether it's like you know you make software, you make Communities, or it's you know, it's it's always been like making things that people can use and making things that people can enjoy. You know, people always peg me as like, oh, you're you're an entrepreneur, you're a serial entrepreneur because I've started a couple of different things. So I'm like, the entrepreneurship part isn't interesting to me. Like, I don't I don't just like start businesses for the sake of starting businesses. It's always like, I just wish this thing existed, and if no one else is gonna go make this thing, uh, I'll I'll go make it, and then maybe someone will make a better version, whatever. But you know we've done that with software a couple times. We did this like you know we used to write little magazines and fanzines and stuff in college. We used to make our, make websites that you know talked about the things that we wanted to talk about. And then you know just the the Stockade Club is just another example of that, like making the thing that you that you wish existed in the world.
1: Do you, do you like being introduced as the co-founder of Foursquare or an entrepreneur? Like if you had if you had to introduce yourself, how how would you? Uh... It
2: depends on it depends on the crowd, right? So, you know, I I gave a talk at NYU last night, and it was in a a, um, was at the Stern Business uh, Stern Business School at NYU, and I was a guest speaker. And they introduced me as an entrepreneur because that's what all the kids in the class want to be. They want to be entrepreneurs. Like the first thing I say is like, call me entrepreneur. It's like that's not how I describe it because, like, I'm not. I've never been here to build businesses. I've always been here to make things that people love. And it just turns out that I've gotten pretty lucky along the way that the things that I've made that I like turn out to be things that other people like, and then I end up some you know meeting people along the way that help it get bigger and bigger and bigger and grow into something that's that's important but you know my first- i you know Foursquare now has been going what eight years It's probably two hundred employees here um, you know that was started at my kitchen table and it was meant to be a piece of software that my buddies and uh you know we all used in New York. Um, it wasn't meant to be a company. It, it turned into one over time, though. You know, my um, I, I had a business before that called called Dodgeball. We had sold it to Google back in two thousand and five. It was my thesis project out of out of NYU, where I went to to grad school. And I mean, that was a thesis project. That we wrote a paper on this thing, thinking we'd write a paper and that's it. We graduate, but then it turned into something and turned into a company. And then you know, we went on to do other things. And it's funny because like you're you're saying like what what happens to Stockade? I, I don't really know. To be honest, you know, like um, we're having a we're having a great time building it and learning uh, about how to do it and writing about it. And, and, you know, hopefully teaching people and kind of telling this story about what we want to do for soccer in the U.S., which I think is it's, it's like, you know, it's, those are just really fun conversations to have. And now they're, they're kind of meaningful because people listen and people respond and you get connected with people, um, you know, but like what happens in, in a couple years? You know, what happens five or 10 or 15 years from now with with this club? You know, does something happen with promotion and relegation in the US? Are, are, we, are we one of 20 teams or 50 teams or 100 teams that, that are a catalyst for getting something to happen? Like, are we one of the teams that's skilled enough to get promoted? Like, am I going to have the headache of trying to figure out how to get more seats into my stadium at some point? Uh, great problems to have, not, not problems that we're thinking about actively right now. Um, but, you know, I think if we keep doing what we're doing, which is we make something that we love, it turns out other people also like it, like we'll just see where it goes and see what it evolves into.
1: Would you say that, that soccer is the bigger motivation right now or business or your interest in, in making, making things or, you know, providing something that that's missing? What's the, what's the biggest motivation right now behind
2: like stock my, For my personal driver, my, for me, it was, um, you know, it, it was I wanted to um, it was I wanted to, to uh, I wanted to build something else that wasn't technology related. Right. And and, you know, like w- even when I when I talk to kids in, in business school, you know, they're always like, well, how did you figure out what the right idea was to build? And I'm like, I I didn't look at 100 ideas and put them on the whiteboard. I took the one that I wish was there the most. And that's what I wanted to do, because that's that's what's going to keep you interested enough to get through the good times and the bad times of getting it built, and you know the the you know the bug that I got bit with last summer was like we should build a team for, from scratch, put it up here, make it super competitive, and just see if it works and so there 's a little bit of like that's a, that's a crazy idea. Last year, I talked to people, I talked to people last summer and they 're like that 's crazy that 's never going to work. this is a wasted time, and i 'm like maybe it is i don 't know, but I want to try it. I just want to see what happens. And now everyone's like, "Oh my god, that was the most brilliant thing ever!" Well, everything's going so great. I'm like, "Well, you know, we had one season. We did okay. Our first season. Let's see, where we let's see where we go in future seasons." Um, but it's it's definitely it's it's driven by it's something I want to make. Okay, I decided this is the thing I want to make. You you start pulling people in that can help you. You know, that group of people becomes like you know you're you're like a little founding family. Like right? these people are awesome. Like we're doing all this amazing stuff with all these you know local friends that we've met up in. Um, you know, up in Kingston and the surrounding areas. And, you know, we have supporters. Like, I've never really worked on anything where you have, like, you have fans, and it's they're not users. Like, people use Foursquare, and, you know, they're almost like customers in a sense because there's, like, an advertising business model behind it. But that's not, it, it's different. With Stockade, it's like, Fans that have a connection to the players to the field to the home games to the experience that we created And I'm still wrapping my head around the fact that okay. These are this is different This is different than the other things I've done and so like, personally I'm I'm learning a lot from this experience and like I mean, that's I like to do that like, I I enjoy the fact that I'm I'm learning and and getting a lot out of this and that's why I want to You know give a lot back like let me just let me see if I can spend you know, a week writing this little, really long blog post about everything that I learned so that it will help the next person be able to go through the same experience that that we're doing and hopefully have a, you know, a, po- a good, positive experience with it.
1: It's so funny because when you're giving these answers, it's like you're touching on the forty questions that I want to that that I, I want to ask you. So it's like I gotta. If you while
2: when I'm talking, when you I'm talking, I'm like, gosh, I'm probably being so annoying because you asked me one simple question, I go on for like twenty minutes.
1: <laughs> not so. at all, not at all. But it's just, there's just so much to dissect, and and, and I I want to try to try to hit a, a couple more from your from your past, just just real quick before we we dive in head first to to stockade. Um, when when did you when did you know that? that you wanted to make things and I know you, like we talked just briefly about like not being called an entrepreneur but like you wanted you wanted to make things was it you know like at five years old were you like a lego guy or something like that or was it computers or
2: yeah I, I don't I don't know when when you know right um funny cause I have a I have a daughter a brand new daughter and she's six months actually she's six months old the next week um which is awesome. And so my wife and I are always talking about, like, what what are the toys that we're going to give her? What are the things that she can do? Like, what are the things that she'll do in front of us that will give us a glimpse into what her personality will be like in the future? And so, I mean, I, I don't know what my parents thought of me, but, like, yes, I was super into Legos, and I was super into, like, going into the woods, and, you know, I grew up in rural Massachusetts, going to the woods and building forts and cutting down paths, and, um, you know, I got into uh i I had a typewriter in fifth grade and i used to type up a school newspaper It's like the super super nerdy stuff right um and then you know my we got a computer when i was in i don't know going into high school and, and things like prodigy and aol which were like the very first online services came on and then you know there was these communities and you could talk to people about skateboarding and video games and you know i would spend a lot of time doing that and we moderate the forums and, you know, create little articles with video game reviews, all, all sorts of like really nerdy high school stuff. Um, and then when I went to college, I got, you know, I got really into like publishing. Like, hey, I'll write the thing and everyone will read it. Um, what are we going to write? Well, let's, I don't know. Who knows? Well, how about I'll just publish stories about what we used to do uh, on the weekends or, you know, Friday and Saturday. You know, we we're basically posting photos online and doing a little blog post. Um, which was a big deal in like 1998 whatever that was. Um, and then, you know, I went to, I was in communication school. So I, I bounced around between, I want to be a magazine editor and I want to be a newspaper journalist and I want to work in advertising. Like I, I did all these things in college. Um, they were all based around publishing. Um, and it wasn't until I moved to New York where I started to be able to meet people that were actually like building code, like writing code. And so instead of like being the creator of a newspaper or a magazine where you had readers, you know, I got hooked on this idea of, oh, you can make software that people actually use in the street. And it's like, it's kind of the same relationship. Like you write something, they, you, they read it, you get satisfaction on it. But, or, you know, you could make something and then people would use it and it would change what they would do on a, on a Saturday night. So I, I worked for this company called Vindigo and Vindigo made is my second job it was like my dream job at the time. They made a software for Palm Pilots. You remember, do you remember what Palm Pilots? Are? Palm Pilots are like like a cell phone that doesn't work, right? It's just like, you know, no GPS, no color screen, um, you know, no, no connection to the network. They can run apps. And they have, these guys had a city guide and I remember working for them and Seeing people using this thing at a bar, and they were planning where were they going to go next after this bar, you know, using the Palm Pilot and the little stylus. And, and I was like, you know, my mind was blown. Like, I'm working on this piece of software that's going to determine where these people go tomorrow, go 10 minutes from now. It's blowing my mind. And so that's when I started building my own software like that. Like I'm going to make software that makes cities easier to use. I'm going to make software that makes, makes it easier to find my friends in New York, wh- wherever they might be. And, um, you know, just making stuff that we wanted to use, it just ballooned into turning into other things.
1: I'm, I'm curious, did you have like any sort of tools like Foursquare or, or information that, that kind of like hinted at building stockade would be a good idea or, or it's needed? Or was there any research that, that, or data that played into starting this, this club?
2: Um, not really. Cause there wasn't a lot of data to find, you know, I, I've I told, you know, I tell the story of like, I've, I went on, you know, like the, the, the real story of, of stockade is like, we, you know, we're at a bar in Brooklyn. Um, my buddies and I. And this is remember. I was telling you we played in this club team, and I'm the worst one in the league. And you know, we go out to to drinks after, and we're discussing like, sh- like what is the future of this club, right? Like some some people moving out of Brooklyn, moving to Westchester. They have kids. They can't play as much. Um, you know, what, what are we gonna do? We, and then it was also like, should we just make some t-shirts and call it a day? Like we made we had a club. We made we have a crest. We made some t-shirts, and so let's just wrap it up. And then the conversation went to like. Hold on. What would have to happen for our team to play the Red Bulls someday? Like I know this happens. I just saw a game where though, you know, I was watching like a CONCACAF Champions League game on TV. And I'm like, well, oh, how the hell these teams get together? What happens here? And then, you know, started doing some research. You have to get eleven guys, you know, that could play better than we could. We'd have to have a field for them to play on We'd have to enter one of these leagues. we have to qualify for these tournaments. And I'm looking at this, I'm like, this is, like, this is fascinating. How, how does no one t- – why are people not talking about this every single day? There's this whole amazing underbelly of the sport that no one knows about. Because it's, it's very complicated and it's hidden below so many levels. And then that's, that was a moment where I was like, well, why don't, why don't we enroll our club in this league? And it's like, well, who's going to play? Well, not us. We'll get some other guys to play. Well, where are they going to play? I, I don't know. There's no way they could play anywhere in Manhattan. It's like, all right, well, we just kind of shelved that idea for a while. But then it's sitting in the back of your head and then we're up in Kingston one weekend it's like, I know where they're going to play. They're going to play in Kingston. Like, we're going to put a team up here. And it's and then, you know, I was playing pickup up there where I'm also, I'm not the worst one, but I'm like one of the 10 worst people to pick up games. And <laughs> and, and you know it's bad. Well, they, they don't want to pass to you in pickup, right? That's, that's what you, that's, you know. like You don't have a future in the sport. Um but you know, it's like I'm out there. I'm like, look at some of these guys are really, really good. Every now and then, you get someone that was just like, where did this person come from? Where where did they play? You know, and I actually ended up meeting some people that had played in other NPSL, um, you know, other NPSL teams, and they were back in the Hudson Valley for for the summer. And so it kind of gave me some confidence. Like, we could probably find enough players to put together a competitive team here. Um, and so it there, there wasn't a ton of research. Like, there was, there wasn't like you know, I was, I was, how many youth programs are there. I went to scout out some of the, the, you know, the youth leagues to see how crowded they were and how passionate the family was. I was scoping out stadiums. I was doing some research, like how many people actually live in the County? Could we make this work? There's a minor league baseball team that has been successful. I looked at how, you know, how, how they make it work financially. Uh, there's a minor league American football team that has been slightly less successful. So I looked at what what were those things, but it was mostly like, I just want to do this thing. I'm going to do it. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see if it works.
1: I want to go back to something you kind of you touched on uh, a minute ago, and, and also something that you kind of touched on in your interview with Grant Wall. Um, mm-hmm. Which again, I'm I, I emailed you about this too. I was super jealous he got to you first, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I think he asked you something like, uh, how many other lower level investors in 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 the soccer game you've talked to? But I, I kind of want to go the opposite route. I want to know how many or if any now that you've you've kind of started this um uh, how many maybe mls investors you've you've had conversations <clears> with <throat> or if there's people in your social circle circle that are you know professional sports team owners and and what type of advice you're 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 getting from them or or
2: what that conversation looks like yeah um you know because uh, because of foursquare and I've been doing it for a long time, and because we, you know we, we've raised a bunch of money to, to build this company, I've had access to lots of investors. But te- tech investors are different than you know people that invest in restaurants or films or you know um, biomedical companies or or you know clean energy companies. There's different types of investors for different types of um, enterprises or ventures. Um, you know, it turns out that like you know some of the some of the wealthier, you know, and more successful investors I've met. Some of them also have stakes in professional sports teams. Like, oh, I put a little bit of money in the Brooklyn Nets. I put a little bit of money in um, you know, in the Boston Celtics. And you, you know, I just sometimes you just overlap with these people from going to like a fancy dinner that you were invited to or you're, you know, hanging out backstage at a conference that you go you both have to speak of. Um, and I um, you know, I I didn't have a lot to talk to these people with beforehand except it's like Whoa, it's really cool that you're like you own a slice of the Red Sox like you know so you come from Boston um but now you know people you know grabbing me like oh you you know hey Dennis you should talk to this person Dennis is is building this fourth division soccer team and this person is running the you know this particular thing so it it's it 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 brings um it comes up more often now um you know when we got started the first couple phone calls I made, not even phone calls Twitter messages right because I was following some of these teams on Twitter, you know some of them followed me back, I'd send them a direct message like, hey Detroit City uh, h- can you tell me how you did this? you know hey Chattanooga FC, how did you guys start this thing i'm I'm really curious, and they're like, okay we, we'd be happy to talk to you like the guys some of the guys behind Chattanooga that they're also in like the tech startup space and like, oh, we know Foursquare, quarter we, we'd be happy to talk to you. Um, like, how do you even know about the NPSL? I'm like, I don't know. I just found it. I'm just kind of looking around. Um, and then, you know, from talking to them, you get their, you know, the same way I'm kind of giving you my founder story for this, you get their story. It's like they had a group of five people, you know, was five years ago. This, It was really hard at the beginning. Then things started to happen. This is where they found the players. Like, you learn from that. You know, Detroit has a similar story that's also different in a thousand different ways. You know, we talked to um, the folks at Nashville, um, uh, uh, Na- Nashville FC, I think, right? That just made the jump to, to USL, uh, and then some folks in um, in San Francisco, because I'm always going out to San Francisco for work. So I met up with the folks that, behind uh, San Francisco City FC, um, and they, you know, it's, you just kind of you get people's stories and you start to piece together. All right, this is how it worked for you guys. Now, how can we make it work for us? Which which isn't dissimilar than what we do with tech, right? You know, we're starting the company and we're four people, when Foursquare is four people um, big or small, whatever, there's only four people working here, you go talk to your other tech founder friends and you say, hey, you, you have a 10 person company, how'd you get from four to 10? You know, you have a 20 person company, how'd you get from four to 20 without the whole thing, you know, blowing up in your face? Um, and so, you, you know, you find these peer groups to talk to uh, and then you're able to, you know, just kind of trade war stories. And I have this, I have my group of like, Tech founder friends of you know that have companies between 100 and 500 employees and you know we we trade war stories and now I'm starting to get connected to lots more teams not just in the MPSL but in other leagues you know above us and below us people that aren't just running their day to day operations but like hey is there something bigger to talk about can we talk about you know promotion relegation how would we do this how do all the leagues work together and th- those are fun conversations to be a part of. Um, you know, and it's, it's a lot of, a lot of what we're doing here and a lot of what we're experiencing, it feels very familiar to me because I feel like a lot of this has happened with, uh, you know, with, with Foursquare. Like we've gone from being, you know, oh, you guys are starting a company in New York. That's a tech company in New York. That's crazy. To like, oh, you have something that's really interesting. That's great. We, now we can talk to investors and now we meet fellow, you know, tech entrepreneurs. And then we start to have, you know, clients and business relationships. And then, you know, we're we're speaking at events and getting exposure on bigger levels. Like it's the same stuff is is happening again. It's just like you know, I'm eight years into foursquare now, and I'm like a year into into stockade.
1: I'm I'm curious. Is I didn't realize you'd you'd met the people from San Francisco uh, City FC. Did you happen to meet with Jocks?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. we yeah. actually we met in they were in New York a couple weeks ago for first i can't remember what it was and we we had coffee around the corner really like awesome awesome guys great story i got got an awesome thing going on there and uh you know i i can't wait to catch a match every time i go out to san francisco um i've never i'm out there a lot i'm out there like once every like you know six to eight weeks i've just never been able to overlap with one of their matches but soon
1: it's it's funny because uh i haven 't told this story actually, but Jox is the reason why I started a podcast. Jocks had a podcast several years several years ago sorry i can 't speak um, <laughs> and he uh, when when his um, baby was was being born, there were some complications, and they were in and out of the hospital, but he took a, a leave of absence from the podcast Now I, I realized there was a void in that kind of, yeah. uh, in that realm. And I was like, well, shit, somebody's got to step up and yeah, do it. Yeah, that's, and so that's why I started the podcast. And it's funny that how great. the, the yeah. uh, stories intertwine now. Um, yeah, I want to go back to, um, your, your, your group of people. So the, the people that you started stockade with, uh, who, who that is comprised of, who's still in the picture, who's been brought in and yeah. and, and what the day to day, soccer operations look like now especially and you guys are out of season right now right so you guys have like a full yeah yeah like eight months That's before a, you start up again
2: kind of the blessing and the curse of the MPSL <laughs> is you know we had this really amazing three-month season and then you got a really long nine-month off season uh so it gives you plenty of time to plan but then everyone's itching to get to get back um and so remember like we're, we're all pretty distributed right so there's a whole bunch of people that work in you know a couple different towns up in the Hudson Valley you know like we're we're based in in know the stadiums in Kingston and a bunch of people live in Kingston but you know i'm still working out in the city and only going up on the weekends so do you, do you use slack you know slack the um, oh yeah i know yeah, yeah so we 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 have a slack channel for a stockade and it's broken into like Marketing and you know player development and what we're gonna do with tryouts and merchandise and you know there's just discussions going on all day long with like the you know eight or ten people that have been helping out um, and you know like a big part of the story is that like it was it's all volunteer based right so when we first started it was me and two buddies of mine from um, you know that played on this on this club team of us uh, of ours uh, so my my friend Randy. Um, who was the guy that was like, we should all put a team together someday, you know? After the 2010 World Cup, um, and then my my buddy Mike, um, who's been playing on that team and he's very skilled, um, you know, just a, been a friend for a while. And so it's like, okay, that's that's who we're gonna like, that's the group that's like, okay, let's start talking about this. Then we start going up, you know, upstate. And we start meeting people that have great connections into the community and all of the, you know, and all the resources the community has to offer. Um, I met this guy uh, Kale Kaposhoen, and you know he's like um, you know involved in the tech scene that's happening in the Hudson Valley, and has his own business up there, and you know does all sorts of video production stuff. And so he and his friend Dan helped us with the streaming. Kale became kind of the driving force of getting all the volunteers. Um, we had a, a husband and wife team, Mike and China Sterse, come in and. and um, you know, like we're gonna help you run the the merch table. We had volunteers that were running the ticket table. you know we were holding uh, oh I can't, um, uh, Dan and Nick Hoffe were two of the the first two folks that I reached out to. This is mm-hmm. an interesting story right before before any of this, I can't believe I didn't mention this first mm-hmm. you know i I had sent a, a Twitter message to the the you know the Hudson Valley American outlaws chapter and I was like, hey, can, can you guys just follow me real quick? And so they follow me back, and I'm like, what do you think if we put an NPSL team in the Hudson Valley? How crazy is it? I'm like, I don't know you. You don't know me. What do you think? And they're like, I think it'd be great. I was like, we should, we should talk sometime. And you know, I end up meeting with these guys. These guys are amazing, Nick, Nick and Dan Hoffay. And then they're like, we're going to help scout players. right? We're going to get to work. And you know, 10 days later, they have an Excel sheet of like, these are all the highest quality players, ranked from top to bottom, uh, like, OK, we're, we're getting pretty serious here. This this is great. Um, but everyone pitched in their own thing in their own unique way, um, including the coaching staff, including, you know, the, the, the volunteer players that we had, including the you know, supporters section, including the, you know, the percussion orchestra of Kingston that comes out to every game and just drums for 90 minutes straight. And it, it's like everyone just comes together and plays the role. You know, and so you know, I, I go to these matches, and you know, the reporter would reporters would come up afterwards and be like, "Look at this thing that you've created here." I'm like, "Listen, I'm just the guy that's organizing it, okay?" It's like, don't talk to me. Talk to everyone here. There's a thousand people here that are coming together to make this thing happen. Like that is the story here. Like I'm just the one that created the Slack channel and you know filled out the paperwork and got the insurance, but you know everything else is happening because people want to see it happen. And that's, I mean, I think that is like the essence and the, and the beauty of the club.
1: And I know that all the, the information is available in that the, would, wouldn't you call it the Stockade FC manifesto or, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, um, there's two, there's the, there's
2: the manifesto. This is why we're doing it. And this is what we think is going to happen. I published that on the eve of our first game, um, and then the uh, at the end of the season, maybe like a month ago, I wrote the, you know, everything you ever wanted to know about running a D four soccer team, which is every piece of data that we got through the season. Um, it, 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 people are giving me shit for it. They're like, oh you're um, you know you're gonna change the the world by disclosing the number of t-shirts that you sold. I'm like, no, but you know if 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 I can make it easier and more cost effective for the next person, 10 people, 20 people, 100 people that want to come along and do this because they're not going to burn a whole bunch of money, you know, buying too much merch or something, which is a super expensive cost for us. Um, and it was a huge revenue driver. Then, you know, any, anything I can do that makes it easier is, is good for the next person coming along and potentially good for the sport in general. Um, so I'm like, let me just publish every piece of data that we, that we have. And even since I posted that, I mean, I've gone back in there, like a lot of the hype has died down from the article. But I, I go back in there like once a week and I'm like, oh, I forgot. I forgot to do this or this number was wrong. Let me change it. You know, that's like a living doc for me. Like I want that thing to, you know, continue to be updated until I write an entirely new version of it. Um, because I want it to be like, you know, until someone does a better version of it. That's like the Bible for, in my, in my mind, the Bible for starting an NPSL club. Um, and i'm hoping that someone sees that and makes like oh i'm going to do something that's twice as good as what Dennis did like awesome or maybe someone comes along and you know maybe 10 other people do something like that and they compile it into like a book or a manual or a website or who knows what it is but that that would that would make my day to have that happen
1: but you're like you're you're legit like trying to start like a manual for people to to follow in, in a way like like you're not you're not dumping a bunch of your own personal money and 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 like keeping this thing afloat like this is this is like a from scratch project right
2: yeah it's it's doing it from scratch and i and i self funded it um and the club didn't you know it wasn't profitable its first season, so I, you know personally i lost I lost money out of it um but like the the stigma with starting the stigma with any time you mention sports professional sports amateur sports it's like oh that's that's a vanity project, and you're lighting your money on fire, and I think what I want to do. And I'm, I'm still you know learning how to talk about a lot of this stuff. I think what I want to do is, is, kind of, is try to dispel that myth. It's like, no, 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 you, this, is a, this is a business. This is a business that runs on a budget of $100,000 a year. Um, and it makes its money back through you know, sponsorship, ticket sales, and merchandise. And I feel like if I can come up with like a recipe, so to speak, of, of how to do this at this level in a town that only has 20,000 people with a stadium that only has 1,500 seats, um then you know can does that give other people the confidence to try this in their neighborhood or in their city wherever and if so can they build a you know a competitive sustainable lower division team that could then join our league the NPSL uh, to create, uh, you know, a bigger version of our league, which lowers the travel cost for everyone, that gives us more optionality in terms of, you know, what we want to do with the league. How do we want to expand? All the things we could, could possibly do. Like my, my, you know, my fundamental belief is that the key to, um, you know, to the like if if I believe is like if you ever if you want the world the the U.S. to win a World Cup, right? You can sit around and you can watch on TV and you can bitch at the players or the coaches, I mean, whatever. Like, I love the team and I love the players, but I mean, this is what people do. They're like, oh, we'll never win. We're so bad. It's like, well, how do you fix that, right? Don't just talk to the TV. Like, how do you fix it? You, you, know, like you have more competitive leagues. More competitive leagues require more competitive teams. More competitive teams, well, you're going to need players for them. Where do the players come from? Well, they come from academy systems and high school programs. Well, what motivates them? Well, they want to play for the local team. So I, I don't know how many local clubs there are across the U.S. right now. Is it 1,000? Is it 10,000? Well, whatever the number is, take it and multiply it by 10, right? If you have 10 times as many teams, and if I can't drive more than 40 minutes or 30 minutes without running into another small stadium with another club, like, that sounds like a great version of the United States. Like, let's, let's build something like that. Um, but how does it happen? Well, you got to convince people that they should do it, and you got to do that by convincing them that it's not as hard as you think it is. It's not as crazy. You could do this too, and you do that by showing them how much it costs. And so when they say, "Holy shit, that's a lot of money," I say, "Well, if you if you do these things with these variables, and your mileage may vary, but if you do these things, you might be able to get to break even within one, two, three, or five years." Um, and I think if you can spell that out to people, then they they'll do it, they'll believe it, they'll try it. Um, and, th- I mean, that that's a kind of crazy thesis. And maybe five years from now, it's like, you know, Dennis did all this work and no other clubs came from it. And, you know, you ended up burning a bunch of money and Kingston never got to break even. Um, I mean, sure, that could happen. But I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think we're going to get there in, like, two or three years. I think there's great things in store for our club. And I, I can already see that we've inspired other people to to do this. I mean, since... Since I wrote that first manifesto, I bet you I've talked to 24 – I say 24. I bet you I've talked to 20, 20 different ownership groups that are like, I want to start a team in wherever I am, you know, an hour outside of Oklahoma. And I might get on the phone with them and talk to them for half an hour and answer 10 questions. Um, and maybe they do something and maybe they don't. I, I don't know. I haven't followed up with a lot of these people. But maybe that was just enough that they needed to get started or maybe they're like, eh, I don't want to do it. But, like, just – you know, Chattanooga, Detroit, Nashville, SFCFC, they were nice enough to take an hour out of their days, you know, a year, a year and a half ago to talk me through it. And so I'm trying to do that as well, but also do it through like a big blog post. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Okay. All right.
1: I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take us into the realm of uh, promotion and relegation now. Um, yeah, sure. Do you think that without or, or Yeah, with, without promotion relegation, we know the true level of interest from potential investors like yourself or, or ownership groups. Do, do you think that with the incentive <clears throat> or the opportunity for, for somebody to build in the fourth division and move to the first division, like everywhere else in the world basically, do, do you think that's more attractive
2: to people? And, yeah, well, yes. I think the answer is yes. Um, I think what will happen is um, – I think we'll be able to get to break even around you know two or three years into this, but then you get the question of like now what right so like I've sold a bunch of t shirts I have this stadium, I have these players um you know w- once you get to the point where you've got the thing that's that's working, you know there's no you know it, 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 there's no incentive to to gamble. And to try to make it better. Like think about this. Like if you if you uh, like own a coffee shop in your hometown, right? And you you know busted your ass for the last couple of years. The coffee shop is making money. Like this is a good sustainable business. And you're like, all right, ne- what's next? You know what I should do? I should franchise this out and I should make three coffee shops, right? And I'll and I'll invest some money in one, you know, in another town, in another town. And, and that's what small business owners do. You know, like they'll they'll raise some money, they'll they'll duplicate their business, they'll try to, you know, double their sales. Like this is this is how things grow, is what entrepreneurs do, I think. Um mm-hmm. there's no like the, the version that you'd want for that to happen, I think, in lower level soccer is like, let's let's get some money, let's bring in some players here. And if we get some great players, or maybe we start paying the players, then we win a championship. And if we win a championship, then we then we got something going, then we move up. But if without that, and then what happens it's like, well, why would I expand? Like, I have a thing that's working. Like, what, what am I gonna win the trophy? What do I get for winning the trophy? I don't get anything for winning the trophy. You know, like there's not a huge cash prize. There's no no promotion. There's no TV contract. And so, you know, it's it's um it's a real it's a very very difficult thing to enable this between leagues. And we, we could have a whole like one day conversation all, all day long about how hard this is, um, for all the financial reasons, the travel regions, the insurance regions, the uh, th- th- there's, there's a hundred different pieces, which you don't really know until you start sitting down and talking to the people in the teams and the leagues and you, and you have some experience operating one of these things like, wow, this is really, really complicated. Um, but some, someone's still going to figure it out. Right. And so, you know, you can sit back at the system and be like, oh, it sucks that there's no promotion relegation. I'll yell at my TV until the, until we have it. Or, you know, you can say, well, how do you, how do you fix this? Like okay, there's a thousand things that have to happen okay what 's the first of one thousand things and let's do that first, and then let's tackle the next you know nine hundred and ninety nine and I think that we're kind of in the stage where we're we're looking at like how how would we do that and it's not like you snap your fingers and you do a deal with the league and you have a conversation with another league, and it gets done it's more like you know you spend two or three years meeting with all sorts of leagues, all sorts of owners, you know all sorts of people that have a vest you know have an interest in seeing this succeed. And then you come up with a plan that is probably three, five, or ten years long, and this is this is long, long-term thinking. This is like let's put a man on Mars thinking. Like you don't just snap your fingers and it happens. I know it's a crazy analogy, um, you know. Considering I know like there's people that are trying to do that, like Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't want to compare, you know, lower level soccer soccer to like rocket science, but like the level of complexity and the t- in the amount of you know long-term planning that is required. It's, it's on, you know, it's, it's comparable to thinking like that. It's just a big, a big problem that really needs to be disassembled um, and then laid out on the table, and it will take years to put it together. But there's, you know, I have confidence that there's people doing that now, and I think that's, uh, you know, that's a, that's a big deal.
1: I, I want to I go back and, and, and touch on, I think, uh, where I wanted to go with that question, too. Do you think there's a lot of people out there that, that would invest in soccer or that are, are, are considering investing in soccer and just for whatever reason are not?
2: I think there's people that will invest in lots of different things. Um, but, but you know, like the difference between, you know, getting an investor and not getting an investor is being able to show like, well, this is what happens if we, if we do this thing right. And so like with the, you know, with the, with that coffee shop example, it's like, if I pulled off one coffee shop, if I pull off two more then we have three that's 3x the revenue that's that's a pretty that's that's a pretty good story you know like when we were starting foursquare it's like okay we we might have a million people using this but what if we had 50 million people using it that's crazy is it It took us eight years to get there but like we have 50 million people that use it that's great Um, and then the investors like as real this is a real opportunity here that's that's real that's that's of, of interest and value to them it's, it's hard to pitch that with soccer. Like, Hey, invest in my D4 club. And then what? Well, uh, nothing, you know, it's like <laughs> if, if we were in a major market, like if, if we were the only game in town in like, um, you know, in Austin or Portland or something, you know, those are bad examples. Cause or, you know, San, San Francisco city has got like a really ripe opportunity there. Um, you know, but they also have the the San Francisco Delta's and the NASL, they're they're you know coming in and trying to make that. But anyway, if 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 there's a market and you can and you can make that argument, it's like oh, there's a there's there's something worthy of investing in here. It's hard to make that argument for Kingston, you know, and for a lot of these places where where you know, lower level soccer just exists, like you know, Brooklyn Italians are they're they're way out like way 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 out in Brooklyn. Like we play a team in, in Lowell, Massachusetts, one in Malden, one in New Hampshire, one in Maine. Um, you know, they they're not huge markets, and so how do you, like, you know, how do you how do you promise an investor they're going to get a return on that? Well, what if this team is good enough to play one level up, and if they're able to play one level up, that means you get a bigger, you know, you, you get a cut of some broadcast revenue, some streaming revenue, some sponsorship revenue, maybe greater merchandise revenue because it's sold through the, um, you know, through the league. Uh, maybe you're playing, you know, teams that are nationally famous at that point and you're, you're drawing a much larger crowd because people want to see your opponents like th- that's that's the opportunity that that type of promotion brings um and you know with that opportunity comes all sorts of like revenue share and sponsorship opportunities and until those opportunities can be realized by by clubs and, and until of those opportunities are like something that you that you want to chase i think we're kind of you know you just got this this system that's pretty static.
1: And, and it's it's funny too, because like if you talk about like why would MLS owners w- want to open it up and compete with a, a Division four team well they, yeah I mean they don't they don't really want that, but they also don't really want to stifle you either because I mean I, I think the way that it's it's gone the last uh, few years it's like, yeah sure, go ahead and build build your team in in, in Kingston and you know sell out your fifteen hundred person stadium and sell. All your merchandise out, and you know, and and then when the time comes, I mean, kind of like the saying goes, like you know, if you build it, they will come. MLS will come knocking. So um, yeah, I, I'm I'm really curious, actually, if you build this badass empire in Kingston, two hours away from from New York, and, and MLS comes knocking, what do you say?
2: Well, I mean, it's let, let's say let's say hypothetically that did happen, right? In, in order, and I, I have no ill will towards uh, towards MLS. It's like, you know, I'm a I'm a fan of the league, and you know, I, I know I know a lot of people that are involved in 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 building it, making it great, right? Um, but the only way for us to get in, even if they're like selected, you know, what, Kingston is so interesting that we want you in our league. Like, can we have your check for 100 million dollars, please? Like that that's that's a buy in. That's like a cover charge to get into the you know club MLS, and um. You know, I, I just don't think that's something that we're, that we're, we're ever going to do. Um, and you know, I, I think, you know, I, I know that there's lots, a lot of MLS clubs. They have relationships, and they're mandated now too to have like a relationship with the USL side um, as like a development academy. Um, and you know, maybe there's even the, the USL side has a relationship with the lower lower team. Like you know, there's like a a farm team model here. Uh, which is what baseball does, or maybe you know basketball does in some extent, um, or or they've they've talked about that at some point. But like I just I don't think that's the interesting system. Like I think the you know the the English style system of like listen these teams just pop up and some of them make it, and some of them don't, but some of them really really make it, um, and and they get to earn the way. I I just think that's fascinating, and we should have that. But that doesn't happen by the MLS open up opening up. That happens by a league like ours, the NPSL, that has a very low buy-in. Uh, it, it, you know, there's fifteen grand to, to get a team in the league, which goes towards you know like the league fees. You know, you got to you got to pay the people that make the league happen. Um, uh, but by I think this something like this happens by starting from the bottom and building up. Right, the moment you have someone come in and, and throw a twenty million dollar check down because they need to be in your league or in your division or whatever, then it's like, well, I, I don't want to do anything that's going to jeopardize my twenty million dollar investment. But you know, you got someone that's like, hey, listen, the entry fee is fifteen grand. Like, let's put it, let's put a badass team in this league for fifteen grand, and let's get to the top of it. Now, they might, if right now, there's no incentive to be at the top. You're not getting paid, right? But can, can the league eventually end up doing things where, like, hey, there's a big sponsor that came in. Hey, there's a big uh, broadcast deal that came in. Hey, we did a deal with another league, and now we all pooled our, our, our broadcast and sponsorship revenues. You know, these are all, hi- like, hypotheticals. You know, like, I don't, I don't work for the like, – you know, I'm just Johnny owner. You know, I don't, I don't have, like, a leadership position at the league where I'm pushing this agenda. But, I mean, there's enough people talking about this stuff behind the scenes, online, and message forums. Like, you know, I, 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 think, it will, I think it will happen. Um, and I, well, actually, I'm I'm, I'm sure it's going to happen. I just think it's going to happen like we start from here and we build up, as opposed to there are existing entities that open up the bottom tier and they let people in.
1: What one situation I, I'm sure you've thought of too, and and it's kind of it, it's happened or happening. Um, but say again, you you build this badass empire out in out in Kingston, and MLS comes knocking, and you say, ah, oh, no, thank you. And then they set up shop right next door, kind of like what's happening with uh, maybe like a Detroit City FC or something like that. How mm-hmm. how how do you react to that?
2: Uh, well, I don't. Well, I mean, my first reaction is like I don't think King, the Kingston or Hudson <laughs> Valley market is is big enough, but maybe maybe it is. You know, like you say stuff like that, and my first reaction is like, ah, it'll never happen. But then I'm like, what what if what if right? Um, I. I, I don't know because I mean, re- realistically, uh, I can tell you what would happen. Let's say that that this this happened, you know, six months from now. You know, I think the answer would be we have to find a way to write the hundred million dollar check, um, or you know, another another team will will come in. And so it's like, okay, well, how how would we get that type of I amount mean, of that type of money? How would we get that type of money to write write that check? Well, we'd have to go. We you would, you would raise money, right? So you would sell. 50% of your club to an investor to come in and then they have an ownership of it and they they're just writing it. it's, it's I mean you, you could that that's how it happens but I, I don't think that's in the cards for us you know like we're talking a lot a lot of steps here you know like my I guess the important thing to state here is you know by starting this D4 club like my aspiration is not my my aspiration is not ah please I hope we can make it into MLS one day my aspiration is is hey, let's start the smallest thing possible and let's try to convince another thousand people to do the smallest thing possible. And let's have so many teams that we don't know what to even do with the teams except for to structure them in some level and then let's give them incentives to compete with each other and move up. And like, a lot, there's a lot of variables in there, but like my personal opinion is that the only way that this happens is by creating a new, basically pyramid from scratch, bottom up, that has nothing to do with the existing leagues that are out there. Um it might not have anything to do with d one d two d three sanctions. Just forget about that stuff for now. Just make a product that people love like make a make a league and a story and narratives and teams and brands and you know supporter sections that people just love and have a ton of them competing with each other and then you've got like a good a good story like i'm i'm i mean i I think of this through the lens of this i think of this through the same lens that we used to think about like dodgeball right. I don't know how to turn this thing into a business, but just make something that people like, and good things will happen to it. You know, same thing with Foursquare. Like, I don't know what this is going to turn into. I have an idea of what's interesting. Let's just keep making stuff that we like, that our friends like, and let's just see where it goes. And you know, that it's, it's, we're approaching it from the same angle. Let's just get a whole bunch of teams together, and like, if people want the, you know, people want to think it's interesting, like, let's just do it amongst ourselves. Let's just try it, see what happens. People go gaga over it, or is it not interesting because? You know, because the quality of play isn't as good as what you see in MLS. You know, I'm willing to bet that. I think you know, just just the narrative part of it, and like the the hyper local sense of it. Like, I cheer for the club that is, you know, five miles from my house, and we're playing the club. It's 20 miles from my house, and this is the the big, the biggest derby of of the year for us. You know, like that. That's the stuff that I think is is going to happen, uh, and I think that's going to happen in the lower levels.
1: Uh, a few cool things i want to point out you number one you seem absolutely passionate about this uh two
2: <laughs> two it's just, it's fun it's like a really awesome like imagine you could pull it off how awesome it would be right like as a fan it would be like the, the most fun thing to be a part of it's funny and it's like all the legal blocks are there you just gotta kind of get them together in yeah. the right way
1: it's funny because i i usually don't um use the video option when uh interviewing but I can see the smile on your face we decided to do the video chat and so like seeing the <laughs> smile on your face as you're describing all this stuff it's 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 uh it's it's fun man it's fun um but uh so number 1 yeah you're absolutely passionate number 2 uh, it doesn't seem like you're in a rush which is which I think it, it is is good I think you you maybe from having built foursquare or, or tinkering a, a, as a as as a young guy you, you see like the long term Uh, Goals and development of of something, Um, and then three. Man, it's uh, the the third one is escaping me. Oh, uh, three. I've seen you say before. um,
0: Yeah, let's do
1: this. Like, stop talking about it. Like, let's do this. Like, you're genuinely interested in having the conversations with people that are on your own side, and then people that maybe oppose you or have you know similar thoughts but just different approaches. So, I I think that's really. that's uh, that's exciting to, to have somebody that that's a doer in, in, uh, in this whole movement.
2: Yeah. The wait, what were the three things again? They...
1: <laughs> uh, you're passionate. Uh, you're, okay. not, you're not in a rush and, uh, and you want to, you actually want to put things into play to, to do
2: things. Oh yeah. The not in a rush thing is interesting. Um, you know, the, Foursquare is just, since we started, it's been go, 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 go. There's no off-season. It's just go. And, you know, you've you got this – this is this is different because you've got all this work to do up to the preseason. And, that, and if you want anything to happen during the season, it has to be done ahead of time. Like if we want to do anything with concessions, if we want to have like a beer truck there, if we want to do multiple camera streaming – you know, if we uh, if we want to have different uniforms, different spots, all, all that has to get done now, you know, and it's almost like we're running out of time to do it. Like You only got five or six months before the season. Then everything freezes three months. You know, the show goes on and then it, then then the show is over. Um, and, uh, you know, so it's just like you, you different timelines. So there's like a little bit of urgency to get these things done. But it's not like, listen, we're not going to change the world. And then in the next season, like I know it's going to take a really long time. Because it, you're, you're iterating on a slow cycle. Let's say we want to, you know, I, I, I tell you we're not going to do anything. There'll be no ProRel-esque stuff 2017. Like, we're just starting to talk about it, right? So then that sets it up for 2018. Maybe, you, maybe we try one thing. Like, what is the one thing we try? I don't even know what it is. Right? So you, want, you try one thing. Does it work or not? If it works, then you try something else in 2019. If not, you go back to the drawing board and you try something new. You know, for the first time in 2019, like you got to break this out over multiple um, over multiple years. And so, I mean, I remember when we started Foursquare and it's just like you're so caught up in the hype of like this thing is growing and exploding and we're just trying to hold on to it um, You because know, it's like a crazy rocket ship ride. And, you know, the investor is saying like, listen, you know, these things, it takes businesses like seven, eight, nine years before they make it. And I remember having like you know the arrogance of the younger founder being like, oh, we're gonna do it in two years. It's gonna be amazing. And you know here we are in year seven or going on eight, whatever it is. And it's like the business is just starting to work for us. And you know you, you know I talk to my buddies from Twitter, from Facebook, from you know from Etsy, from oh, you know whatever the whatever the companies are. You know it, it's always like yeah, it's the same story. You know it's like. You, you start to figure out things by year three you start to put them in action by year five it starts to actually work by year seven and it's really going by year eight or nine and like we're on that we're on that path um you know with with foursquare like it's it's the timing is obviously different with with stockade because of the seasons but like you know I, I know I'm not gonna change the world next season or the season after that but like let's get let's put fifty things down on the list and let's get those fifty things done next season. So that's that's the way we're thinking about it. What
0: what do you think,
1: or or what to you has been the most enjoyable part of this so far? You mentioned like community building and 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 whatnot, but you're obviously a business guy. Like, is that is that what gets you off, or is the the community building like the the big thing? Or
2: it's I'll tell you, uh, um, the first thing I thought of uh, is you know we we had. Um, our very first match, where we didn't know if anyone was going to show up, uh, and 830 people showed up. Ooh. I was like, "Holy shit! Like, <laughs> this is this is some real." Like the players on the bench, half watching the game, half watching the crowd, and they're like, "Holy <laughs> shit! Look at all these people!" At the end of the match, um, all the kids in the stands ran down to the field, and there's a gate, like a gate, like a, a fence, a fence that's like you know waist waist high, a little bit higher, maybe four feet tall, whatever. Um, and they're all up against the fence, banging on the fence, waiting for the players to come over. And the players are like, what do we do? And I was like, uh, I guess go over there and sign. What do we sign? I don't know. Maybe they'll have pieces of paper. Somebody gets like some pens. The players, <laughs> yeah, they, they hadn't signed autographs before. And, you know, it was just like, it was that It was that moment. That was, That is the best moment of this whole thing for me, where I was like, "There's, there's something so awesome going on here. And I can't even articulate it, but over the course of the season we would hear from parents are like, you know, my like we enrolled, you know, my son and my daughter in soccer, and they had no interest in it. They come to a game and this is all they want to do from now on. And all they want to do is go out and play. I'm like, okay, that's that's pretty good. You know, we, we hear from people that are like, When I grew up, I want to play in the stockade team. I'm like, that's a that's fantastic. You know, we're thinking about like, can we do we do we hold camps? Do we hold clinics? Like, I, I don't know how to turn this into something. But the anyway, the, to your question, I I remember what your question was <laughs> most but enjoyable the part. Most enjoy the juxtaposition of like, the the total unexpectedness of like, the kids connecting with the players and the players connecting with the kids and just the environment that that made in, in as a whole like. Like almost brought tears to my eyes. Not just once, but like every time that season, I was like, "I can't believe it. We made something like this. This is good." And um, that that that's that's it. So so, you know, that's I think that's like a a very specific way of saying like we made something that the community really likes, and when they really like it you can imagine like there's a way to make this thing in such a way that we can do it for many, many years and make it a little bit better every single year. And that's like, this is just like a, this is the most fun project I think I've ever worked on. And I, I literally, I I don't even know what we're doing. We're making it up as we go and everyone else seems to like it. And it just makes it a lots of, lots of fun. Uh, And we're all learning a lot. Uh,
1: uh, Just a little bit ago, we talked about like the what's next portion and yeah and so yeah like best case scenario five ten fifteen twenty years from now where where do you want to see or where do you envision uh stockade fc yeah
2: well, in the absence of of pro like the goal that we set for ourselves is like let's qualify for the u.s open cup uh in the u.s u.s open cup is you know tournament of all the lower level leagues like the fa cup is um in england and let, let's just qualify now like, as actually, it's incredibly challenging to qualify for this thing through the MPSL. We have to be one of the, you know, the top two as a two or three teams on, and all of the 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 Northeast. And there's got to be, you know, whatever thirty teams up here. Uh, and we we weren't anywhere close to being that for the first year. And so I said, five, within the first five years, let's try to qualify for the Open Cup. And that that's that's the goal that we're chasing. Um, you know. Like, so th- I think that's the goal for the, for the, for the team in terms of like, how do we do competition wise, you know, in terms of like, what do we do for the community? Like, I, I feel like we just, we made this container for the community to dress up any way that they want and to express themselves any way that they want. Like, let's just keep doing it. and Let's just see what happens. Right. Uh, in terms of like, as a, as a owner, you know, and the voice that I have at the table, I'm like, Hey, people are listening to the things I have to say. Let me lay out a very clear vision for what I think the the sport needs, um, which I, I, a year ago I had absolutely no business doing, but now like people are asking me to do that. Like, should I write another big long medium post after I have some conversations with the league about what's realistic and what's not, and get a couple other teams to sign along with it? Like, sure, that sounds like a good next step. Maybe we'll do that you know, before, before next season. And that lays out like, here's a five year vision for how to actually put some of these steps in motion. Um, So, you know, there's a bunch of different answers for that, depending on what the, what the perspective is. But I think the ultimate goal is like make soccer in Kingston a thing, right? Get the kids really jazzed about it. Make it, make, make it in the Hudson Valley a thing and then use the fact that we're able to make, you know, our little club a thing um to to spawn other clubs and then to spawn that type of like improvement or investment or enthusiasm for you know soccer specifically low-level soccer in general um all the way from you know kids that are six years old all the way up to however old you can be and try to do that around the country
1: all right let's uh i guess we can kind of end on some rapid fire questions just real quick oh sweet uh, let's do yeah it. <laughs> uh favorite professional team besides your own uh men's national team ooh all right big game this friday too yeah i know i know big game I figure to watch
2: we'll be have to stay and figure out a place where to watch
1: <laughs> um favorite player
2: um besides yourself <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah all my jerseys are sold out man uh, <laughs> um you know, I've uh, it's it's the most cliche answer in the world, but like watching Messi play, and I've got to see him play a couple times uh, in person is I like, just un- unbelievable. Uh, I can I can I can second that. I got to go watch uh, Barca
1: versus Real Madrid in Barcelona earlier this year. So Messi, Ronaldo, Suarez, name the whole cast was there, and it was it was life changing.
2: Yeah. like whenever, can I I know we're doing rapid fire. Yeah, yeah, like, you yeah. know, like, so- sometimes you get to go down to the, you know, I've, I've gotten to go down to a field level. Like obviously on stockade, I go in the field level and you're like, these guys are big and these guys are fast. And then you do that. Like if you ever go to like an NFL game and you get to be on the on the field, you know, it's like, holy shit. Tom Brady is huge. And these guys are moving so quickly. And you don't get an appreciation for that if you're like 30 rows back or not as much. And you certainly don't get it on TV. And so when we went, you know, we went to a um, – uh, uh, we we uh, there was a, a tech conference in Barcelona. And one of the guys I was with, we got tickets to go see, you know, uh, Real Madrid Barcelona, Classico in Camp Nou. And you know, we splurged on tickets. We were behind, behind the goal, which is, you know, not the best place to sit, but whatever. We were really close. And just to see the speed and agility, of, of the, I was just like, this is, this is insane. It was, just, it was incredible. Anyway.
1: When, when was that? Uh,
2: 2013 maybe is a couple years ago. I was going to say that
1: would have been crazy if we were at the same one. But I was there oh. this year. <laughs> oh, really? No, no not, not this year. All right. Um, one sentence of advice for people who might be following in your footsteps.
2: Um, if there's something you want to see in the world and doesn't exist, go and make that thing. Right. that's an easy one I get to ask that question all the time yeah, and that's I, always the answer I get
1: I've actually seen I've seen you put that on, the, on yeah don't
2: I'll say it I'll say it a different way like don't sit around and wait for someone to make the thing that you want to make yourself like just go find a way to make it if you don't know how to make it go meet someone that knows how to make it go out of your way to meet that person then work with them to do it cleats Nike or Adidas uh, Nike Oof. why <laughs> um well, remember you're you're asking a, uh, uh, I I I don't even know the drama here. It seems like there's some inside. No, not at all. all. Not at all. Kind skilled players. <laughs> not I, have at a, all. I have a lot of friends that uh, that work at Nike, and I've always been a fan. Like I run in Nike stuff. Um, you know, I burn through a pair of their sneakers every you know every year running, uh, and so that's just naturally who I gravitated to for soccer stuff. And
1: and and, and not to be like dramatic or anything. But a, a, any last words for for the listeners or people that, that come across this?
2: Um, uh, yeah, there's, I, I feel like the thing that's missing, everyone's got ideas for what they want to see happen to this space. And there seems to be like, just a lot of stonewalling and like, that can't happen. This will never happen. This has to happen. I don't know how it makes it happen. It just seems to be a lack of like leadership around it. And the leadership comes from, you know, I think from all the different teams and all the different leagues working together and then being transparent about it. Right. I think the thing that drives me super nuts is that I have no idea what's going on with a lot of these teams. I have no idea what's going on with the leagues. I have no idea what all the commissioners think. I have no idea what the USF is thinking. You know, even as as a fan, that would drive me nuts. Never mind, as like an owner, drives me nuts. Um, like with Foursquare, we try to be as super, super transparent. There's all the stuff that we're building. This is how it works. I talk to the company. I say, this is all the stuff that we're doing. This is what the board thinks. Here's the board slides. Here are the financials. We're all on the same page. We all have the same information. The lack of transparency drives me nuts, and I think it's the lack of transparency that makes people anxious about what's going to happen in the space. And I think if we got a bunch of people together that thought the same way, we put a plan together and we shared it with all the fans, then it it would just really start, Getting people rallied, and I think that's the next thing that has to happen. And not sure how it happens, but it, it'll happen. Um, all right.
1: I uh, I really, really again appreciate you making time because I know that that today is um, for sure a, a busy day with all of your guys' activities and, and whatnot. Uh, I tell you what,
2: I was I was I'm so bummed out about this election that I was going to call you and be like, I can't do this. I have no <laughs> I, I want to go home and cry myself to sleep and, um, you know, uh, I'm glad that we did this. I am in a much better mood. So thank you for pulling me out of it. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, I, I appreciate you too. And, and, and again, like, I, I think that this is going to be kind of a, for for me too, it was kind of an escape for uh, an yeah. hour, hour and a half now that we've been on the phone. But, um, I, I hope that other people can, can find it as just kind of a, a way to, you know, Immerse themselves in soccer and forget about everything else for, for an hour and a half or so.
2: Yeah. You know? Just you know, the last thing is just let people know I'm on the internet. So you can find yeah. me at Dens, D E N S, on Twitter. And, um, you know, I try to reply to as many people as I can, and so I'm always, have ha- always happy to have a conversation about this or answer any questions or share whatever data seems to be missing.
1: Yeah, and uh, and just so people know, so at Dens on Twitter, and then from there, yep. there's links that they can find you and, and find your medium, find uh, more about Stockade FC from that website, the store, so you can buy, buy Yeah, Stockade,
2: it's a StockadeFC.com, S-T-O-C-K-A-D-E-F-C dot Sounds like a song. (laughs) Not a good one. (laughs) (laughs) All
1: right, Dennis. I I really appreciate it, and uh, best of luck to you and and everybody else over there in your camp.
2: Yeah, this is great. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it.
0: All right. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the 343 Podcast. A big thank you to Dennis. That was awesome. Couldn't imagine ever spending a... (laughs) An hour talking to the founder of Foursquare, but this podcast has taken me to many, many different spots. I think I never would have otherwise been. So again, uh, thank you to him. Thank you to you for listening. And if you're looking for any of the other episodes of the 343 podcast, you can always find those on 343coaching.com. That's number three, number four, number three, coaching.com. And like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, you can also get on the mailing list for our player camps. And even if you don't sign up for this particular player camp, that list will still keep you updated on all of our player camps to come in the future. Again, thank you for listening, and we will catch you guys next time here on the 343 Podcast.